Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Arena, that's a solid three. A hard three we've got in there. Now, is that tripod got all three legs? <laughs> 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 kind of open the Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined by Martin Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Hello. You <laughs> chucklehead. Yeah. Let me do the introduction. Yeah, we'll They're get ruining to it. the whole introduction. High drama in Paisley. Oh. As Celtic score five safe can have goals to send the goal difference to the moon. <laughs> Martin Melly, you were there for patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. You know by now, if you want to support the podcast, you want to get involved in extra content, you know what? See if you just want to support it and you don't even want the extra stuff. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims is where you can help us and enjoy extra podcasts, extra videos, extra writing. And one of those podcasts is the At The Match podcast. Melly, you were there. Yes. For us covering the St Mirren game. Um, how did you feel? Yeah, it was a look, it was a decent performance from Celtic. They got the victory in the end. Thoroughly deserved victory. Just smashed another team that Paisley going there after the only defeat we've had in the league this season. A wee bit wary of it, but confident because Celtic are playing so well. Then it came out of it 5 1 winners. Another game ticked off, lads. Not long to go now. Not no, long to go. No. Oh, see the see the game itself and the the performance and the result. We'll get into the various details because there was a lot going on. Mm. But overall, I was really happy with that result because it's the kind of thing that with the first half performance, it had the feel of something that could really easily go wrong because it was quite a flat first half, wee bit disappointing performance in the first half. But then you, you factor in things like right, we're they're down to 10 men, but how often does it work the opposite yeah. of how you think it is? How often do you hear about 10 men who dug in and became yep. even harder to play against? And St Mirren were already defending quite well. So that's the kind of thing that can work against you. We've not played all that well. Are we carrying psychological baggage now? Because if you've only lost one game all season, that it's very easy to just focus on that. Had we lost other games, you wouldn't really be thinking about, I bet it was here, it was here, yes. can we win here? So to go out and just blow them away in the second half was was really quite impressive indeed because I really did think we could be in a, a wee sticky period here. Could we... We're going to find out an awful lot about this team and, and we certainly did. There's only one time you want to be taking baggage to Paisley and that's when you're going on your holidays. Yeah, 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 that's correct. Melly says we're ticking off the games. That's something we say on this podcast quite a lot, you know, ticking off games. And I feel like we're kind of starting to do Celtic a disservice from that because... The results are tremendous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ticking off the games suggests that we're just trundling through these games and picking up the odd point here and there. But that that's a smashing and we're delivering smashings every week. Yeah. Now, it wasn't a first half smashing, it was a no. second half smashing. But overall, still five goals. Yeah, ticking it off as in another game towards the title. But the performances and the consistency from Celtic mm. this season is it's relentless. Yeah, over, yeah. over three goals a game we're averaging right now. The team is brilliant to watch. So many good players on show. So many guys that can come on and make a difference. It wasn't going for us in the first half. We made a difference and get five goals. We made a change, sorry, and get five goals. But again, being at the match or just watching it, like this team is really good to watch play. In the stadium, you may be getting a bit a bit ten tense because you think, oh, come on, just take a shot on. But this team know what they're doing. They mm. play football, they wait for the opening. And in the second half, they got what they deserved again. Another five goals, another three points, and it, it sort of dawned on me when people started talking about how Celtic can break this points record, break the goals record that we've accumulated over the past couple of seasons. Just when you think there's no more records to break, trebles in a row, titles in a row, 
breaking but I mean it was only so, not so long gone the Brendan Rodgers that he broke the most goals or whatever in points I was just thinking to yourself how far can this team realistically push it I think what do we only need to score 20 goals or something before the end of the season before we've broken the goals record breaking spending records eh <laughs> <laughs> you and Murray <laughs> eh? God you I know you're Murray. watching <laughs> who forces you <laughs> to watch football <laughs> Uh, he's just uh, sitting at home and he's like Celtic uh, uh, enjoy your win Celtic you'll get more money than St Mark you fuck off that's not how the, a man who just sucks the energy and uh, life yeah. out an absolute enthusiasm vampire <laughs> you and Murray and I've spent time in his company let me, let me tell you the man is the human sleeping tablet <laughs> Thanks, Captain Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. you, you saved the whole city. Scottish <laughs> football right Yeah, we were having too much fun. You and your, <laughs> you're right. You're bang on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where were we? Yeah, you, you and Murray pissing on your cornflakes yeah, for no I, reason. I pissed, pissed on my strawberries all morning. Where were we? Yes, the, this, the relentless nature of this this Celtic team. I, I mean, as I said, having watched that that first half, I, I really thought, could this could this be it? Could we come? come to a grinding halt just because of how difficult the circumstances have been but no Celtic just find a way and yeah it's largely down to how much quality there is in the team and how much quality we can call upon on the bench but what do you think happened in the first half though because it was uh, poor I mean I'm talking before we went a goal down or whatever it was it, from the off because when we were talking about this St Mirren game in the past the way we've referenced it is, is such a it was like a, an aberration such a weird yeah, performance yeah. such a freak result and it was just like we just didn't turn up. It was like watching another team. And I've got to admit, even though the, the, the positive result came in the end, as we all know, when I was watching that first half, I thought, God, this is like a this is like a repeat. This is yeah, like a rerun yeah. of that other St Mirren game. Well, I think St Mirren did quite a good job in yeah. the first half, if I'm honest. They did. They, they defended quite well. Um, I thought that, you know, Aaron Moy has been in absolutely great form, but he, Alexand, Alexandro Gogic, is it? Mm. The, um, the midfielder we cannot get away from. Seems, oh, to, yeah. seems to play against us for every single team in the Was division. Hamilton, St Mirren and Hibs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that, that's right. Um Tony Watt is another one he's basically yeah, played yeah, for every yeah. single team but I thought Gogic every time Moy got the ball Gogic basically stepped out and closed them down and, and kind of got quite physical with him kind of bars them off the ball and all that that both of their wing backs were quite good um, is it Small Thierry Small yes is on, he was on, decent he did a good job line. against Jota Jota every time he tried to take him on he would just he would let him kind of push it past him and then just beat him for speed. He was quite a lot faster than Jota, so I think they did quite a good job. Strain on the other side, I've been impressed with a couple of times this season. I think he's done quite well, particularly in the defeat to Saint Mirren. But he was good at Celtic Park recently as well. So I think overall the main problem was that Celtic didn't quite click into gear, didn't quite get didn't quite get Maida was anonymous as well, didn't quite get him in the ball. Jota didn't really. You know, spark fully into yeah. life until the he was until a the second half. It was a little bit because he 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 kept running into trouble, kept dribbling into trouble, and then he had that weird free kick that mm. he just he kind of hit well away from Callum McGregor, and it was just it was, looked like it was going to be one of those days for him. But overall, I think that despite all those things, I think St Mirren just defended quite well to be yeah. honest until they could no longer until Celtic eventually just find a way to get past yeah normally in these games Celtic sort of feel their way into it from the very start but I felt that Simeon didn't let them yeah. Simeon didn't let them and uh, I think their two strikers and midfield they sort of pressed Celtic well with the two strikers one midfielder and then whatever wing it was on the full back uh, the wing back really pressed Celtic and I was like Again, this is the third time seeing St Mirren this season. I wasn't at the last game, but I was impressed with them at Celtic Park as well. They look like a team that's got a plan and they're not just going to sit in and hope for the best. They look like they go out and do something. We've been, I think we've said that about Stephen Robinson before uh, this season. So I think they had a plan. I think they've done it well, but they didn't let Celtic settle into their rhythm. Mm. They didn't let... Celtic seemed to have a lot of the ball in the, the opening 20 minutes, but it was all in their sort of own half getting into that. And then as soon as they went beyond that, St Mirren had a plan and sort of pressed Celtic into it. And look, Maida couldn't get the ball. Jota had too much of the ball because it was rolling under his foot and yeah, he was yeah. giving it away. So they had done a good job on our wingers. It wasn't until we made the change at half time and switched them around that uh, Celtic got something different. And like the sending off played a huge part we don't know mm-hmm. how um, how the game would have went if it had been 11 versus 11 but impressed with St Mirren but 5-1 but I don't think they even played that badly and our keeper didn't have a nightmare apart from when he had to kick a ball which is utterly <laughs> shambolic I mean, straight through your heart a couple I, of times isn't it more than once or straight up there I mean you 
do it every day, mate. And it was, <laughs> it's not even that. I was like watching St Mirren, all these players sticking to a plan and you're watching the keeper just shell it beyond every player. You're not giving them a chance no. to get the ball or get up the pitch. So it just kept coming back. But yeah, it would have been interesting to see how it stayed 11 versus 11, but I've no doubt Celtic would have won it anyway. I suppose in that way, it was quite similar to the recent one at Celtic Park where it was quite close until it until it was. It yeah. ended up 5-1 as well. And it was only when Rio Hattati came on and played absolutely out of his skin. He was absolutely magnificent that night that Celtic just fully kicked into gear and blew them away. So it was kind of similar to that. And Mirren have done quite a good job when it comes to controlling Celtic or rather sort of stifling Celtic for a period of time until they can just basically no Lost longer I, I, I know it seems really ridiculous to say that but I, I just, it's about the strongest credit I can give yeah. opposition this season mm. is holding Celtic at bay as long as they possibly can before they eventually get a doing anyway right let's do it <laughs> do the jingle right okay we need, to, we need to talk about the referee performance now we don't want to get, you know, too into the refereeing performance, but I think it has been a, a a constant on this podcast this season how shambolic the, the refereeing performances have been. And even when results do go our way, as they do, it doesn't mean you can't complain about the referee. Now, the, the, the St Mirren penalty that they led by, Greg Taylor handball, just going to go around, do what we do all the time. Pen or no pen, Martin Melly. Pen. Even. Yeah, yeah, it's a pen for me. I think I think it was a fairly clear handball. To be honest, I said pen or no pen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't okay. ask for one world answers pen. on a I'm podcast. Gonna back, I'm going to come back around. <laughs> pen, Melly, why was that? Why do you think it was a pen? <laughs> he handled it quite clearly in the yeah, box. He did, didn't he? He, he? he made like a he made uh, an action. He made an action, and the referee mm. looking right at it because you can see in the replays. Yeah, he's got a clear view of it. Nah, play uh, on, lads. I've heard a number of arguments about the the handball the nature of the handball and the problem is that is because we've had so much of it this yeah, season nobody yeah. knows what they're talking about with handballs including me so strap in for another ill-informed <laughs> chat about handball but when I saw that I have to admit when I saw it live I thought they're going to give that clearly because the ref was looking directly at it I thought right they're going to give that oh we've got away with one here yeah nothing's happening with VAR for about two minutes or something like that, so maybe we'll we'll get away with something here. But it, to be taken back was very frustrating. I can only imagine what it was like in the ground. They have it called back after about two and, and a half that, minutes or something like that. Go the ball didn't go out of play, right. so yeah. I think that's the only thing that, that can happen is they need to wait till it goes out of play. But it's bizarre that because like goals could be scored in that well, time, could it. easily be scored in the, in the space of two and a half minutes. And then, so if yes, Celtic it, went up the pitch and scored, they would have chopped the goal off and wound it back for yeah. a, a yeah, half penalty. If Celtic had went up the pitch and scored and the ref looked at it and went, no, that's not a handball, then Celtic wouldn't get the opportunity to go up the pitch and score. If you oh, know. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's true. I, I just, I'm, I, I know the, the the sort of legality, the legislation, or the the rules of it is is fine and fairly straightforward and that. But it must be it's a, quite a frustrating experience when you're watching it and it goes on for two and a half minutes. You kind of forget they're doing a VAR yeah. check. You mean and the, then, the VAR rules, not the handball yeah, rules? Yeah, 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 of course. yeah, yeah. But the handball itself, his hand was kind of out a little bit from mm. his body, so. With the nature of that, I thought, right, well, they've been giving them left and right constantly this this season. If As soon as the hand is away from the body, they've basically have to give it for whatever reason. But there was also a secondary kind of, I think he tried to move. And in this, it all happens in this, a split second, right? So he's he's got someone around him or he's got other players around him as well. So he handballs it, doesn't kind of realise he's handballed it. And he goes to move his body to block the ball from, from opposition mm. players. And in doing that, he kind of pushes the ball down to his feet. So I, I understand entirely why it was given as a handball. I don't, to be honest, I don't think he can not give that if yeah. you look back at I, it. I think the way the handball rule's been this season, you kind of, as Stephen says, that that's about as clear a handball as you're going to get this season, other than, you know, Conor Goldson putting his hand right over <laughs> and pushing it right over his head that wasn't given. And, oh, but overall, I thought the whole refereeing performance was a shambles. As you said, Millie, he missed that. He yeah. missed that there. Um, the VAR check, as you say, Stephen, took him out of time, but what? The good, the good thing about the VAR check as well is he goes over and you see the replays that VAR get and he's like, guys in the way yes that's you looking straight at it mate, and you've missed it yeah. and he decides from the angle he was looking at hey, that's a penalty yeah, yeah he gets a second look from a worse angle <laughs> See, that's further my, back that's my problem with the whole thing I don't I don't really have any beef with the fact there was a handball and it was given as a penalty because of, of what I've just said there I don't think you can not give that it's the fact that the ref looked at it in the first place and no. decided that it wasn't a handball no, nothing, nothing could have happened in the replays 
albeit from different angles. Nothing could have happened in the replays that was a better view than what he had in the first place, and he deemed that not a penalty. And you, you have, you have precisely, precisely reached the crux of my whole referee right. beef. Right, <laughs> yeah. that is the crux. Of my whole, it's what you would maybe consider the mechanics of the decision. What did you miss? Yeah, and yeah. what changed? And it happens all the time for really obvious stuff, and it's really starting to do my nut in a wee bit. So you pointed out in the Discord. Two and a half minutes it took for that that VAR check, right? Plus the substitutions and injury time. So the referee decides there's four minutes added on the first half. Blows before the four minutes are yeah, up. Yeah. So uh, it's a minimum of four minutes. Yeah. Blew early. He missed he missed every penalty call and had to get VAR to dig him out of a hole with it. He persistently let St Mirren players kick the ball away. He was late blowing the whistle to the point where some of the players were even like stopping play and looking at him going, you're definitely giving that as a foul, right? And then they were taking the, there was stealing yards, which was absurd, and it's just, it, it was it was uh, a completely abject refereeing performance. But what you get is radio silence. Yeah, and yeah. I've said it on the podcast before. We won the game, and I'm not saying it shouldn't have been a penalty to Celtic, and I'm not saying the Kyogo one should have been a penalty because I don't think it was. Do you agree? I don't think that was a penalty either. So, right, this is another kind of complicated thorny mm. issue as well because it's all to do with the foul and where it takes place and where it stops taking place yes. so if the foul continues into the box which we saw a couple of weeks ago I don't want to drag them into it because we're, you know, we're always comparing these incidents against Rangers to what we need to deal with as well there was a couple of weeks ago against Partick Thistle yeah. where Tillman Till was sort of fouled outside the box he keeps running the defender already has fallen away from him and then when he gets into the box he, he falls and that's given as a penalty because the foul continued into the box. Right. So this is the same scenario we're dealing with here. The, clear, the foul was clearly outside the box but yet was there or wasn't there contact maybe on the line right. of the box? There was like on the, there was definitely yeah. contact on the line so does, is that in the box then? Yeah, yeah. Is it on the line is, is in the box, yeah. Right, so I've changed my mind. I think it's a penalty then. Based <laughs> yeah, on yeah. you explaining the yeah. rules to me, I think it's a penalty well, then. Well, again, these are only the rules that have been given to me as to why Rangers got a penalty for yeah. almost the same thing. I could be completely wrong on that but that's what was, that was the excuse or rather the reasoning given to me when they, they were given a penalty for a because very, an very ESPN similar. journalist got in touch with us today and he's like, it's the position of the defender and where the foul takes place more than the position of the attacker. Right. But the, the referee made the holics of it again. He awarded the penalty and then he had to be shown VAR, for which was a, a camera angle worse than the position of his own two eyes. And then they had to reverse his decision. And it's 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 mystifying to me how they get so much wrong in a game, right? Just like Rangers got a penalty awarded for a mystifying handball and Alan McGregor wiped a guy out in the box and there was no penalty <laughs> completely wiped the boy out and there was no penalty and th those aren't given fine going to please explain to me that's all I want I just yep. want Crawford Allen to come out for the second time in his life that's <laughs> I'm not asking you to come out every week Crawford I'm just saying maybe one more time so double it and make it two uh, the amount of times that you're going to come out and explain some of these refereeing decisions because it's it's honestly borderline farcical at the moment. Yeah, it has two two first names, Crawford Allen. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, is this? And I hate to do this as well, but that's the problem we're we're facing all season is that decisions for very very similar incidents can't be weighed up they can't be kind of put against yeah. each other and explained why this was a penalty this was a handball this wasn't this was it's, it's all just completely up in the air I appreciate right that different referees are making these decisions so you can't just blanket say we need consistency because that some referee will interpret that a different way than, than others but this is what the rules are for surely yes, this I, is, this, well this doesn't this is what I suppose my point is shouldn't matter who the ref is is my point yeah yeah, yeah. because I'm, I'm going like I don't want here. I do this all the time. I reference sports I've no idea about, right? <laughs> right. But I'm imagining like snooker or one of my old favourites, <laughs> boxing, right? right? So say some guy gets, I don't know, in boxing, completely kicked in the stones, right? So an obvious <laughs> breaking of the rules, right? Right? Which happens in, in, in football all the time. You don't get some refs missing it and some refs giving it. Yeah. But yeah. you do get that in football and snooker, you don't get. How does snooker work? You have to hit the red ball first. Is that how it works? Yes. Right. So you don't get a player missing the red ball, but the, the referee also completely missing that, even with the benefit of replays. It's, it's this we seem to We're be still with you. We're still, still yeah. with me. Yeah. We, what, what I'm saying is we seem to be stuck in a sport at the moment where refereeing malpractice is just par for the course. And we yeah. were told VAR's coming in and that'll fix it. 
and it's not fixed at all. <laughs> no, no, it's oh made it, it's made it worse. It's, it's, I don't know if it's made it worse or it's just highlighting yeah, it so yeah. much more mm. because shone the torch on the cockroach in the <laughs> corner of the room, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, with the <laughs> shone the torch. Like I talked about a guy there. I was waiting to hear a, a story about a guy called Shaun the Torch. Did, they, did the ref even check for for the second one, or did he just get? Did he just get told that it, it was outside? Yeah, he yeah. Just yeah he told? didn't check himself. No. Uh, so right, okay. And yeah, right, okay. So. Th- said that one was a penalty so you've got three penalty shouts here three wrong decisions and with the first uh, with some of them you're going right okay the reason you didn't give that wasn't because you didn't see it because first one you blatantly Mm. did see is because somebody told you the rules state that that is a penalty in your ear and you've went okay I'll go and have a look yes you're right I did not know that was the rules here's a penalty (laughs) Right, I don't know. Yeah. So, look, that's we don't want to spend too long on this, but yeah. I mean, it does need addressed because it's God knows if if you don't do it, it's just going to continue, and yeah. it's yeah. it's a ridiculous set of set of circumstances. So, Celtic, and again, so, sorry, just to just to put a mm-hmm. button on that as well, it will affect everyone at yeah. one point yeah. as well. So, if you're watching this and thinking, "Oh, typical bloody Celtic well, fans," why are you watching in the first place? But <laughs> well, well to, you say that, Stephen, yeah. but it doesn't seem to be affecting well, everyone, does it? What was Angie's line, especially us? Yeah, especially when it comes to us at the weekend. I yeah. mean, I, I saw a stat today. Someone tweeted us about the new thing. You know how you know how like everyone's just uncovering every week when they're actually digging into the numbers of how Rangers are refereed they're digging into numbers and finding new and surprising and wonderful stats I think Connor Goldson and Davis is that his yes. name yeah, yeah. the two centre halves have committed something like the less the least amount of fouls per 90 of anyone in the league and they've committed the least amount of fouls of their entire careers over like, <laughs> oh, they've whatever. really cleaned up <laughs> they've yeah. really cleaned up it's their experience act. they've got <laughs> since they've been in Scotland isn't it just this season I think someone pointed out that Jota's committed Jota has been more fouls have been awarded against Jota in one game than Conor Goldson has had all season he's a that's incredible right. so you say everyone but your point stands you know if you're watching this and you're going Ooh, one day it will we think maybe bite you in the backside mm. um, Celtic came out for the second half they looked rejuvenated and as you said Martin Melly, I think with St Mirren down to 10 men it was really only a matter of time for the first goal went in Yeah well to give the referee credit he did get the red card right to be fair to him oh, uh, yeah. nothing he could do about no. that was yeah. there? Uh, The change at half time yeah. Andrew Dallas frantically flicking <laughs> through his book in the, the VAR studio No sorry mate he's got to go <laughs> Dad <laughs> <laughs> So uh, even Hugh couldn't help him there mm. but uh, it's just a terrible decision from the defender but Celtic came out Made the change and again, it's just Jota on the left is just better, isn't he? He a badder coming on. I thought, right, he could have taken off both wingers at half time, mm. but I always like to keep Jota on. I don't like Maeda and a bad on at the same time, but Haxavanich is there. A badder comes on down the right and the first three crosses he either hits the defender or straight to the keeper. I was like, this is just more of the same. And then the guy ends the game with a goal and two assists or mm. something like that. How does he do this? Just <laughs> pop up. Celtic just look, they were. We knew it was going to be second half. They were going to go uh, right at uh, St Mirren. St Mirren sat in. The longer it would have went, the harder it would have got. But again, this team get goals at good times. It wasn't uh, long after half time. Celtic got the first one. Uh, very well worked by Jota. And that's another thing as well. Maeda, Jota were having horrendous games in the first half. Hitati mm, yeah. and Moy not having great games either. But nobody in this Celtic team just decides like... Bruno Fernandes, for example, against Liverpool, just flung in the towel there. Jota could have easily just went, it's no my day the day, mm. I'm going to get subbed, I'm just going to wait to get subbed. He didn't. He kept trying to make things happen. Even though he wasn't having a good game, did he once hide and not ask for the ball? He'd never once done a James Forrest. He kept going. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that was a wee dig. Sorry, James. <laughs> no, he wasn't even in the squad. Ah, take wow. it back, James. You're a legend. <laughs> uh, he kept going, he kept Speaking going. James Forrest. How's that? How's that uh, book coming along? It's coming along well. I've, oh. I've, I've read more now. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Any any revelations you want to share? Uh, yeah, he was good at football when he was a wee boy. Oh, cool. Okay, <laughs> more we'll keep, to come. Keep us updated. The yep. serialisation of James Forrest, <laughs> hometown hero. Is that what it's called? Homegrown no, hero. Homegrown, homegrown hero. hero. Homegrown hero. Anyway, carry on, Melly. I uh, just didn't give up on it uh, and got the goal. And you could, I think you could tell by his celebration, he was happy with that. It's just the frustration came out. And once Celtic got that goal, it was just a, a matter of time for the rest. No, Neil Lennon switched the wingers. Yeah, <laughs> was was deployed as a tactic, and it worked. Yeah, and to go back before we before we go much further, you noted there rightly that it was a terrible decision for the red card. The defender just made a complete 
a complete horlicks of it as we're fond of saying but credit to Kyogo for yep. putting that pressure on him mm. because he took the touch back to the keeper probably thought that was job done and all of a sudden Kyogo just, up, the just appears in his eyes just appears <laughs> round, round the corner and then he just, he just hauls him down but that's what Kyogo's good at he just sends sends defenders into an absolute panic and Kyogo does what Kyogo does Kyogo does what mm. Yogers does what Yogers <laughs> does um, but I credit to him for that because it is, it is a strength of this Celtic team to just constantly be putting pressure and it they showed weakness. Kyogo pounced. <laughs> they literally, in. almost literally <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, where were we going again before Jota. I invite that? Jota. Goal. Excellent. And Jota, you're right to, to point out they just sort of figuratively rolled the sleeves up and just mm. try to get the job done. And What's that's a finish, by the way. Uh, yeah. A really interesting bit of like improvisation yeah. as well because he was already lying down and he almost like kind of poked it into the ground mm. and it, it got it into the net in the only possible way it could. Uh, is a... Uh, interview after the game has been kind of going viral or has been notable because he didn't know who Stevie Thompson was. Would, honestly, <laughs> there's people listening to this podcast and there's people in this room who don't know who Stevie know. Thompson is. Imagine this the other way around. Imagine James Forrest goes to play in Portugal and they ask him about some jobber from 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard of this guy? Felipe Paulo something no. or other? Uh, yeah, I I've definitely heard. I did it. like yeah. sports singer. Oh, he's not heard. I've come. I mean, that's the most natural thing in the world. Uh, yeah. Why on earth you, you would have heard of Big Stevie Thompson <laughs> if you weren't a fan of like 2002 Central Strikers? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> SPFL journey. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it was. I think it was because Jota has basically overtaken him and scoring uh, already yeah. in a season and a half. But what was also I know what was also notable about his uh, post match interview was that 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 guy is extraordinarily articulate oh, for I, a guy English in a second it. language it really often these things happen and it, I mean we've been through it as well when we get invited to these press things from Celtic mm. you get to talk to David Turnbull and it's like yeah. it's basically just <laughs> Jota's more articulate uh, oh, than David Turnbull 100% it's like blood out of a stone and quite often with mm. footballers in their very brief post-match interviews you tune out immediately you're just it's just like yeah it's great to get the three points you know it was more important to this but I actually found myself tuning into what Jota was saying because he's quite quite a compelling presence and he's speaking in a second language um, apparently David Turnbull and Aaron Moy they don't hang out together because I'm always like, this guy will not shut <laughs> <laughs> Chatterbox. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, how do you feel about Wabada coming on? Uh, I, I thought I was, I'd like to see more of Haxabanovich, but again, I can't argue with the bare facts of it at the end of the game that mm. Abada has scored a goal. Would they get two assists, I think? One uh, for O'Reilly's, I'm sure. Uh, but. And you're just that. But there's question marks over his, I know it's not nothing to do with his performance, but it seems almost every other player in the team who hasn't signed this new contract that's been offered to them has more or less quickly been yeah, shuffled yeah. out of the yeah. side. Does it be happened to Abada? No. Uh, 
this is going to maybe sound a bit harsh even after my dig at James Forrest, but I think this can only be good at Celtic because when you're looking at the bare facts of it, he's played the most games under Ange, uh, somebody said today as well. And then somebody was asking in a group chat, where does Celtic improve in the summer? And my first reaction is, sell a badder and bring in another winger. Mm. Because you might not get somebody that scores as many goals as a badder, but I think he can get a better a wide player than him. I think he he is suited to the way Celtic play, but I think he'd be more suited to a team that plays the wingers more inside and let the fullbacks go on the outside more. So I think with the age of him, the fact that he has not having talks with a contract and he gets so many goals, I think if Celtic get a decent offer for him, I think they'd be it'd be a good good one to take in this summer because yes, you'd miss his goals, but would you miss much else about Abada? Mm, well, Podcaster in astonishing claims uh-huh. about Lee Alabada. Lee Alabada out is well, the headline well, I was for about tomorrow. To say, Stephen, I noted as well with the Discord that you were you were you were kind of like I got the vibe you were kind of hoping that Abada was Abada was going to have a bad game. I feel like you're <laughs> no, limited you limited I believe I know, you're, like, you're like this. Oh, I hope this guy's crap today because he's going to get it. Well, in in fairness, my my exact quote was that. I just I don't really rate him all that highly. However, he's going to score. He's yeah, definitely okay. going to score. Right, okay. yeah, oh, look, the guy, jokes aside, the guy is very, very effective. There's no getting away from that. He, he comes on, he scores goals. He's a great finisher. Mm. He, re- he really is. He's a, yes. a great, uh, strikes the ball really, really well. Quite similar to Turnbull in that. And the, when he does finish, you think he's, he can dig a ball. Good can, instincts as well. Good yeah, instincts. Yeah. But, I mean, it seems so harsh to, to point out deficiencies he has after he's come on and changed the game, effectively won a game for Celtic mm. in the, the, just the, the most recent game. I mean, we could have wingers like Kent and Sakala that are <laughs> to deceive yeah. and don't get the numbers either. Well, I, I mean, what's, what's Kent got? Three goals this season or something <laughs> like that. Added these two or whatever the previous yeah. season. Oh, was already well. nearly overtaken. Uh, I think Abad has got four times as many goals this season and he barely plays as Kent has. The, the, the thing about his contract... Yeah, I've been quite. I don't think anyone really get fully kind of ostracised from the team when they were in the midst of these contract talks and being linked with with other teams. Jakimak has just played less and less. Mm-hmm. Juranovic had, had the World Cup thing, and I think he's just not really played. And when he came back, Alistair Johnson came in. Maybe maybe chat about that as well. Yeah. There's a, a bit of chat about that during the week. But I'm I'm intrigued by this approach with Celtic these days. About you know that we're kind of bringing players in and we're Open having them. Yeah, well, not, not even so much that that is definitely happening as well. But we're, it's almost like we're coming to sort of verbal agreements with these guys that we're going to have a look at this in a year's time. We'll have mm. a look at your contracts. And in the case of Yakimakis and Juranovic, it was just decided that no, we're probably not up for giving you wage rises. Mm. Why don't we just kind of try and well, move on? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, they were both offered wage rises that didn't take. Well, yeah. So they obviously knew, but I, I'm sure Celtic know that, no, the Celtic will be told there's more money for these guys out there, yeah. which Celtic would have went well. Yeah. Take, it, take it or leave it type thing but I think this is quite a it seems to me that Ange's trying to do something quite unusual with our Celtic team insofar as there are a lot of players who don't start football matches yeah. for Celtic a lot of good players a lot of players who probably would um, start you know like Haksabanovic Abada David Turnbull just to name three guys Anthony Ralston if you want to add a fourth one and these guys will they are good enough to start football matches for Celtic they'll think they're good enough to start football matches for Celtic but they don't and I'm just sort of trying to I've never really seen a manager take this approach before he's really emphasising the collective but at the end of the day footballers want to be starting matches Haksabanovic will be sitting on that bench Abada will be sitting there going I'm good enough to start Haksabanovic will be watching Jota going how am I not going on the pitch on that on that, on that first half you know and, and it seems that Ange is playing uh, he's putting a lot of emphasis and you can understand why he's doing it he's putting a lot of emphasis on right well it's not just uh, to be successful I need all these players but there is a risk isn't there Melly, with some of the players going right okay well that's your prerogative but unfortunately for me I think actually in midweek or the week before last Haksabanovic's old manager or someone from his international team I just briefly saw a comment I should be more informed than this given that I'm doing the world's finest Celtic podcast <laughs> Um Basically, alluding to the fact that you know, if he wants to keep his place in the international team, he has to play more for, for Celtic. There are players there who go, okay, and your progress to build a successful team, and part of that is me being a pit part, bit part player, getting twenty minutes here, getting twenty minutes there. My prerogative is playing as much football as I can, being a starter, being the number one guy that Yakimakis said. And I sort of think to myself, how long can you? 
play this game? How how long can you keep the quality up here with guys who aren't playing that much? Um, well, I always say competition kills complacency mm. and Maeda had a bad half as subbed and the guy that comes on from as a smashing half. Mm. So does a bad takeover. Do you drop a guy that's been brilliant for what two months over since the re- return eh, after the World Cup and bring in a because he's had a bad half? So I'm not really thinking that short term, but I think a good example is one we discussed in the podcast before. Let's revisit David Turnbull. We had a conversation about a month or so ago in the podcast about David Turnbull, and I was saying, look, he's not playing, but he used yeah. to start, and he's still a young player, and he, we bought him for big money, and he was brought in to be a first-team starter, but he's just not starting football games anymore for Celtic, and he comes on and he contributes here and there in wee bits, and you were kind of like, well, it'd be good to keep David Turnbull, which yeah. is absolutely correct from a Celtic point of view. It's great. It's fantastic to have players of that ability who can just come off the bench and contribute for 20 minutes. You know, if that you could have a million players of that level, all your subs made up of that, which Celtic nearly are. It's great. But for the player's point of view and from Ange's point of view, Ange has to keep that player happy, even though Ange kind of denies it, that he says that's not a thing he has to do. But for the player's point of view, do you think there's a bit of like, no, I'm, I want, like David, I want to start games. I was Last year I was starting games at the beginning of the season. I was starting games. No, yeah, there, there definitely should be that. But I think Turnbull's quite a good example because he came on, scored a couple of goals. He got a start, didn't he? Yeah, and he was subbed. Yeah. He was really poor. So mm. he got his reward for the, the fine uh, goals he was scoring. But then when he gets the chance to start, he wasn't very good. So Turnbull's a good example. I think the, the wide players as well, it's... Celtic have sort of settled into their best 11 right now and I think that was the team that started. Doesn't always mean that it will be the team that finishes the game. Like Andrew's always said, we have guys that can come on and contribute and this week we've got three huge matches in six days so we're going to need to rotate a bit. It's up to the guys when they come in to go, right, I need to do everything to show that I should be starting the next game. Then if you do start, keep your place. Mm. Then when the guy that come, you took it came out of the team for you, it's a big circle. Uh, a vicious circle, but it's one that's working for Celtic right I now. Did you say big circle? <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> I don't know what the word I was looking for, but it came at me in vicious circle. So it's working for Celtic right now because the consistency is good, but they're also get, bringing on guys that are hungry to play. Mm. It's just got a lot of good players on the bench. Like Ralston's not had a sniff since coming back. Turnbull's now not going to sniff. Awata came on. So, so many good players. It's only good for us. And I, I always go back to it. Competition kills complacency. I mean, I say this in the full knowledge, Stephen, that we'll get a double header against Hearts here. Yeah. And we'll probably see rotation midweek. And then we'll see a lot of the team rotated again, you know, back for the, the, the cup game at the weekend. Yeah. It's, quite, it's quite unusual. Sorry to jump out. It's quite unusual for Celtic to go several weeks in a row where there isn't a midweek yeah, game. So, yeah. once that's back, I fully expect things to change. But do, you a think bit. There's, do you think there's a bit of. Um, a bit of work here, not a bit of work for Ange though, because that makes it sound like there's there's problems and you know there's there's no hint of a problem, but it is a bit of an unusual situation of so many good quality players <laughs> yeah, yeah. not being. I mean, Kobayashi came in in January. He's played what against St Mirren at home, and that was yeah. it. Was it? And no, I think it was a second one. But was there a Watters played stands. bits and bobs here and guys like Welsh McCarthy, all these, like all <laughs> these guys that are just no getting looks in. Forrest and Burnaby, nowhere, Burnaby, nowhere not near even the squad. Yeah, squads, no. no, yeah, it's a it's an unusual situation for Celtic to be in to have a such a solid squad, and for it, it seems like an odd thing to complain about. And, and mm. I don't mean to imply that we're doing that because, as you said, there's no there's no indication of a problem here. You just, but you do have to kind of project slightly longer term and think. Well, it must be it's. It's not Ange's job to necessarily keep these guys happy, but no. it is it is his job to keep these guys feeling like they're mo- a motivated and crucial part of the squad because mm. we are going to have to call upon these guys at some point. And it's only human nature for them to think, well, I can't, I can't do anything here, so I'm probably yeah. going to start getting the, the old agent on the phone and all that. Again, I'm kind of... But, you're, but I don't think yeah. you're being unfair. Cause no. So, so take, take David Turnbull or Haxabanovich or any player... I think it's fair to suggest that those guys will be given 100% in training at all times, yeah. but not getting a look in. So the, it's like the movable object, isn't it? And the unstoppable force, he's going, well, you know, you work hard and it's not my job to keep you happy and you work hard, you'll get in the team. The players are going, well, I'm working hard and you've clearly got favourites and I'm not getting in the team. So both let's go our separate way. That's the only outcome I can see here for, for a player like David Turnbull. I would be amazed if Turnbull and, and Haksabanovic were happy with their minutes and stayed at Celtic and if David Turnbull stays at Celtic next season, getting the minutes he got this season, I think that's a bit, maybe even a lack of ambition. The thing is, well, they, these things will play out as they will mm. and we'll find out in due course. But the thing I'm mainly concerned with, with these cases is that 
much like with Jackie Marcus and Juranovic, didn't want to lose either of those guys, no. but we replaced them almost yep. immediately mm. and you quickly forget they, they even basically existed. I mean, we, you move on. At no point during these games am I thinking we're really missing Juranovic or Jackie Marcus. It's not it's it's Celtic's job to to put us in a position where it doesn't really matter if David Turnbull is mm. slightly peeved at not getting the, the minutes and all that. So my my main concern is that we keep doing what we've been doing and replacing these players in a timely and inexpensive fashion a, a, a really good kind of economic setup we've got where we're not spending an awful lot on the replacements for these yeah, guys that bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they come in and they look as if they've been here for years already yeah. Alistair Johnston Alistair. I, mean, that, I mean you were teeing that up nicely I mean yeah. he's slotted in absolutely seamlessly yeah took his go well you could tell he absolutely loved that is it he's got proper like Hero vibes a bit more yeah. already, like proper. Like I, I didn't want to say cult figure because that almost has negative connotations. Mm. You think cult figure almost becomes like, like Jim Jones. Uh, well, uh, he's everything Lustig wanted to be at the Alistair Jones. Oh it, come on, what's wrong with you today? I know everyone's confident. <laughs> Sub twice at halftime when I get beat Ibrox. Don't forget, Mikel. But, uh, he's get. I didn't want to say cult figure because it, it almost feels like you, you say that about guys like Carlton Cole, where mm. you think, oh, you know what? I really liked him. He was a, he was a good guy, but he was absolutely pissed. So it almost holds like slightly negative connotations, but that is kind of what Alistair Johnson is because he's got the personality to back up what the what he's been, or rather the, he's got the ability on the pitch to back up what, what seems like quite a big personality mm. as well. So I he I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a hero. He's been great so far. Yeah, the goal it's, it's sort of been coming for him. Has that did Juranovic score for open play? I don't think he did. It was all mm. penalties most of the time, but Johnson slotted in seamlessly. Could improve a wee bit going forward. Some of his crossing wasn't great, but I think he makes up for that and just his all-round play. I think he's uh, so balanced in everything he does. He's he's an absolute battler as well, and I love that about him. He's ready to put, put it in for the team and just gives us that wee bit more solidity, I think, rather than Juranovic. He's a very good defender, a bit more height in the team, and he just wanted that ball more than the other guy when it was floated in. So it was good to see him get his first goal, celebrating there. It kind of felt like it was the the winning goal in a two-one rather than just going two-one up with like half an hour to go or something. Didn't it, it? it gives me the feeling that he's always at all times he's kind of choking for a fight to break out <laughs> on the pitch so he can back everybody yeah. up so he can be the he guy who's first. Did you hear him say that? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, that's precise, almost precisely what really? he, yeah, you're sort of precisely paraphrasing what he said in a Celtic TV interview. Well, well, he says when you play these games I'm paraphrasing him now but he's like there's always other players out there that try and take advantage of your, your best players and if they want to mix it then I'm happy to mix it or he's something like that. Right, well, uh, nice one. He's certainly given me that impression. Yeah. He is the guy in the squad who not not throwing not, not casting any aspersions or anything, but if any of them had committed a murder and they had to phone someone at three o'clock in the morning to help get rid of the body, Alistair Johnson. Uh, Alistair Johnson's <laughs> the first guy that you that you go to in that squad. I mean, Juranovic had a lot to say. Um, I've just got the quotes here. He said that um, he was told by friends that uh, Celtic had signed another right back. He says, to be honest, I was a little bit surprised. I was playing the World Cup, preparing for my next game. Some friends called me and said that they signed a new right back. What's your opinion about that? He was sad that Celtic didn't try to keep him. I said, I knew I would not play two games in a row, maybe the third one. I didn't like some of that stuff. Because of the national team, if you're not playing regu regularly for your club, you won't get called up for the national team. And that's the reason why I left. And that's pretty much mm. what we were covering mm. there. We were, right. right, so Melly, let's hear it. You're humming and hawing right. here. Okay. <laughs> Is there another player about to get both barrels for <laughs> no, Melly? No, yeah. uh, just uh, two players uh, in the last year have been heavily linked with moves away from Celtic by... Fabrizio Romano mm. both players have left <laughs> both of them Josip Juranovic and Jackie Marcus didn't want to leave apparently oh Josip, so many coincidences yes, tonight there's Josip, that and then there's the Fools thing with Rangers just so many coincidences <laughs> Josip Juranovic was linked to a move away from Celtic was it last January or definitely in the summer there yeah in the summer and yeah. January yeah. and possibly last year Look, keep an eye on this was uh, what Fabrizio keeps uh, telling us mm. How do you know this? Yeah, How yeah. do you know this? And again, Abada, the rumours coming out about him not signing a contract. So you're like, all these guys that aren't signing contracts for Celtic are making their way to Fabrizio Romano, all of a sudden leaving and then Celtic don't do enough to keep them. I don't, I don't buy it. Do you know man. one guy we should get rid of immediately? Carol Starfelt. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not happy with this. <laughs> 
interpersonal relationships that yeah. he's, he's rumour has it yeah fostering at the club we won't say any more shattering hearts yeah uh, heartbreaker <laughs> can't you just be rich and good looking and tall most handsome man in the and team and handsome yeah underrated hottie <laughs> <laughs> um, not happy with that he goes and tears everyone's hearts out exactly it's not good it's not. It's definitely not good enough on the on the Giranovic thing I'm glad you said that about the having been linked away and Fabrizio Morano and all that uh, from mm. Morano from mm. Mm. Uh, that's what I meant Fabrizio Morano <laughs> lesser known transfer guru on Twitter Romano's for yeah that's for, uh, the, the real hipster's choice is Morano uh, something was clearly afoot right and I'm glad yeah. you, we didn't go down the route of he was linked away because the anybody could do that you see all the links with like Chelsea Man United and Atletico Madrid that we were talking about at the time I mean that may or may not have been rubbish at the time but what was clear was that something was happening because as you say the two guys who were linked strongly away are now gone <laughs> right and Juranovic to for Juranovic to claim that it was entirely because they went out and signed the right back behind his back is utter yeah, nonsense, to be honest. He, was, he would feel compelled to say, I remember... He'd Fabri- pandering in it. I, I, I remember Fabrizio putting Wh- a video... Which one? Up, which? Uh, Romano. Right, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the obvious. You, but, don't, yeah. you don't trust yourself. Yeah. So, I remember putting a video up saying, you know, Manchester United are, were interested in... They wanted, Chelsea, yeah. uh, they wanted him. They wanted he was an option basically for right back. So this stuff about Celtic not wanting to keep it, it was his move was in a foot or was a foot for yeah. months and months and months. We got AGN and really no look back. And that's what Ange says. He goes like, "I'm not getting involved." You wouldn't expect Ange to get involved. Some reporter asked him about it. He says it's become a. I'm not getting involved in the soap opera. Juranovic was great for us. We moved them on. We need to be aggressive. We need to reinvest. All the stuff you would expect the manager to say. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy with it because I keep going back to it, guys like. It's a long time ago now, but Izagiri and Kyle look like world beaters for a bit for Celtic. Mm. We hung on to them and barely get anything for them, whereas now we're bringing in players for a decent fee and selling them on and bringing in other players. That's the way it should be for Celtic. And I think it's what has to happen a lot of the time in Scottish football. The two guys that we have sold recently for big money, yes, they've been good players for Celtic, but they weren't guys that say... They need to play every week. When Tony Ralston came in, he'd done a good job and Jakimakis played second fiddle to Kyogo all the time. So it's not as if it's ripping the heart out of the team. We're replacing good players with other good players who could have possibly more potential than them. It's kind of the way you need to do it with Celtic because we're in Scottish football. I think you need a two to three year cycle with most mm. teams. Celtic are speeding that up a wee bit right now and it's the way Andrew's coming and done it. Stephen spoke about it before bringing more experienced players in and then sort of replacing them with a bit younger players with more potential. It's the way we should be going. And I think Fabrizio was... Uh, or Which one? What, well, yeah, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Romano has uh, linked... Has it been Starfelt and Carter Vickers have been in the, mm. the news recent, uh, on Twitter recently? So just keep an eye on that because the agents and that. It, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah works on that. <laughs> Just keep an eye on that because agents and that. Right, okay. Right. Um. Patreon.com/slash <laughs> for all your football insights. <laughs> oh Jesus! Hey, Matt really got his first goal, Stephen. Yeah, second. Yeah, uh, it's the second Brilliant. one. Like. <laughs> <laughs> this is this has been excellent. I don't know where oh, you go. Do you know what's amazing? Just staying in. Do you know what's amazing? They don't even know they it took us two hours to get this set up. <laughs> that light behind Melly fell down about four times. That fell down. Fucking. <laughs> One of those the camera days. up over Melly. It took us. There's fucking four drill holes long because it took us multiple chances to get up. It's fitting that one of the first oh. things I said on this podcast is sometimes you get the feeling that things could easily go wrong yeah. and we have one, had one wow, of those. it's midnight. <laughs> it's midnight. Okay. Oh, got his second goal. Yes, he did. Mm. Uh, another clear penalty. Yeah. How The ref didn't give it at nope. first, though. The ref didn't give it at first because, well, for, for reasons, mm. reasons in that. Um and it was a very, very obvious penalty. The run-up was concerning. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a big fan of that. It kind of, it kind of shuffled off to the side mm. and then did the wee kind of jumpy, jumpy right. Remember Simone Zaza? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Simone Zaza for Italy. The worst run-up ever. And he missed the penalty. It was a shanner of a penalty as well from yeah. all. It was a wee bit, I think. 
from the from the camera angle at the, at the stadium, from the side on, the kind of halfway line angle, it looked as if he'd really smashed it right into the bottom corner. It's only the the angle from behind that you see he, he hit it quite close to the keeper and the keeper almost, well, he did, he dived over it. Mm. The ball went through the exact ball-sized <laughs> hole between yeah. the keeper's elbow and and waist. So, ah, good good for the guy. He has good confidence yeah. builder for him. He has been good since he's been here. Came off the bench made a huge difference in the cup final. I yeah. thought it was powerful running and gave the gave Golden a, a torrid time. Just it, it was smashing all yeah, the Davis. It was it? it was almost like the, what I said earlier about Kyogo putting pressure on the, the St. Mirren defender. It caused panic. He did that in the cup final to Golden. He just appeared sort of round the back when Golden was trying to um, usher out our play. So he's been he's been really effective. So I, I quite liked that they gave him the penalty because Moy had gone off at that point. But I sharpen up the technique I think. Um the strip thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mystery to me. Ange didn't like it either. Um, the fact that several sponsors now have been unable to come up with three kits that we can hear, we can wear to all home, mm. well, well, all domestic fixtures is a mystery to me. But the, the opinion on the grey kit is torn. Yeah, yeah. You like it. I do. Yeah. Melly. I like it. I quite like it as well. People go. people on the internet don't seem to like it. I don't think Ange likes it very much. He said he would much rather be playing in green or green and white. I think it looks good just wearing it, but see as a full strip, I don't think mm, it looks good. Yeah. It's it, nice as a garment. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah but I think I think for next season, I think if we could have three strips that we could Oh, this is what I reckon about three of the last four or five seasons Celtic have had some sort of problem when it comes to kit matching and clashing yeah. because whenever we, we've still never come up with anything we can play against Hibs with no. which is fairly ridiculous we had to except that that really good luminous yellow and black one oh yeah we, yeah, that yeah that's right so on recent seasons we've had to bring back the pink thing because yeah. we had nothing to play with Hibs and then we did like, it again like the black thing last season brought back mm -hmm. the black thing as well and now this with St Mirren we can't come to any arrangement with anything we can wear against St Mirren it, it feels a little bit silly from a, does, from one of the biggest sportswear well, that, manufacturers in the world that's what I'm getting at yeah. like I don't really know if my, <laughs> if any English Premier League club find a situation where they can't wear one of their kits to play a, a team and this is the specific this is the exact reason that third kits exist not only to sell more stuff obviously but the third kit is supposed to exist so that it doesn't match or clash with anything yeah. and that, that you're having a way one if the way one is quite close to what the, the team would normally wear at home you have a third one in case so we've somehow ended up three of the last handful of seasons we've ended up with nothing and just as I worked down my list of annoyances here in reverse order uh, the biggest one on the list is Chris Boyd <laughs> <laughs> I mean he exists on Sky he thinks his role on Sky is to bam up Celtic fans. Yep. Which is okay because that exists in football sports coverage like Carragher and Micah Richards and Neville. Like they like a bam up. But crucially, they also know things about football. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's a bit like this podcast. You know, you can you can be silly gooses, but you need to know and you need to be quite good at, at what you're doing. But all we get from Chris Boyd is just empty handed underheated opinions was a bit at half time where Andy Walker was arguing making the points about whether it was a penalty or whether it wasn't a penalty and Chris Boyd just go penalty penalty all day because Andy Walker was saying it wasn't he saw his role there just to disagree with Andy Walker and wind everybody up watching it and it's 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 who's it for because uh -huh. Celtic fans don't like it and St Mirren fans don't care so who is this for? Uh, luckily I was at the game so I managed to avoid <laughs> it but did get a wee swatch of Twitter on the way home and you just see him posing for the photo before the game with yeah. stupid pose. You're like, mate, you're, you're in your 40s. Maybe <laughs> older. Stop it. Mm. Stop this. Uh, it's again making a mockery of Scottish football. The fact that at most games they're on a wee, a wee stand at the side of a stadium as well where they don't have a proper studio as well. It's like, come on, then you've got him doing that. You're like, Right, come on, we have to be better here. Yeah. Surely there is ex-players out there who have went, finished playing, give some insight. But this is, do, do you ever see Chris Sutton or John Hartson or Chris Commons doing a Rangers Motherwell game? No, no. It's 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 peculiar to me that yeah. they just have these guys that have got no ties. Sutton's not allowed in Ibrox, is he? Well, he's not allowed in Ibrox. Security just, reasons. I'm not being petty saying you need a guy that's got a tie to Celtic, obviously. 
But the the Chris Boyd's appearance at these fixtures, somebody must think he's brilliant. Oh, Chris is great. It, it must be because it's often said. I mean, I, I tweeted after the game. It's like this guy's just an embarrassment, absolute yeah. ready for you, Sky Sports, right? And people replied saying, "Oh, he's only there for the engagement. He drives up engagement. He, you're giving them exactly what they want." But I don't buy that because mm. what benefit could it possibly have this guy to have just an irritant on their, their <laughs> broadcast, just a just an obnoxious guy this in there bamming people up because it's never been easier disclaimer here I'm not suggesting anyone does this but it's never been easier to just go without Sky and find a way around it and all that yeah. right if, if you don't if you don't want to to take that in so it's a very bold move very risky manoeuvre to put people in there to deliberately antagonise people who are who are looking for an excuse to back away from your product and see if you don't like it and you want Pre-match coverage brought by Celtic fans for away games. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. We are there on live, on video. A bit like this. Doing pre-match build-up for every single away game. So there's, there's an alternative yep. there, Stephen. Um, Hearts doubleheader. <sighs> yeah, spicy. Spicy. Uh, we always beat up. <laughs> 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 You're looking at them and they are the third best team in the league. But mm. maybe we'll have a wee quick... Dive into them earlier, Jamie, and they're terrible away from home. Yeah, they've they? won three games all season or something mm. away they're from home. They're third in the league, man. Mm. How does this happen? So, I think it's going to be a difficult week. We always, I think you were talking about it recently, Stephen. It's never the those games that you expect Rangers yeah, to drop yeah. points in, but Celtic usually beat them. But we always do get a good game against them. The four-three game earlier this season was match of the season at Tynecastle. That was our introduction to VAR. So that was, was a good laugh, wasn't it? Yeah. So well, I'm expecting two tough games. Eh? They are the next best team after Celtic Rangers. They are twenty odd points behind as well. But Sorry, so, I just had to double check there because it's it's thirty one points behind us. I think is it? Is yes. it? We're on. Can you just check the maths on this? Right? <laughs> We're on seventy six points. They're on forty five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I thought that. Like, wow, we, we got there between the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Each of us were like, I, I had to I had to double check that because I, I was astounded at that They must be difference. closer to relegation than they are to us. Probably. <laughs> oh, Is this Andrew's hundredth game? Yeah, we'll Charles. Be, yeah, yeah under right. the lights, it'll be cold at Parkers on Wednesday. Yes, sure will. Uh, there we go. Occasion as mm. if we needed yet more reason well, to go out and beat them. Well, so you've got the, we've, we've got this rotated squad. The potential of the rotated squad, right? So. Presumably, you've got one squad who might be slightly stronger than the other, which, is, and don't say it doesn't matter, okay, because I'm just trying to make a podcast here, okay, <laughs> but which game is more important? Which game gets your strongest team, Melly? Oh, it's a tough one. Uh, I think this the cup game, because you kind of get back uh, a cup game, you can. Yeah. We can. We've got a decent lead in the league. We've got a game coming up at home at Rangers in the near future. So I think if you're going to draw one and win one, I think you'd draw the... The league game and win the cup game. Celtic are looking relentless here, so I don't think we need to sacrifice a game. And I think this five subs really does help us as well. We've managed to keep a lot of players fresh. We've only had one game a week recently. So really looking forward to these two games because it's going to be two big ones. And when you get double headers like this, if there's a bit of needle in the mm. first game, going into the second one at Tynecastle could be tasty. It is an interesting sort of debate as to whether, like, I know this isn't how it works, you don't get to choose which games you win and get to sacrifice one, but if you were to, to be given a would you rather, because in the league, yes, we do have a, a very good lead, nine points and the goal difference just keeps extending and extending basically every to week the now. Moon. <laughs> but yeah, but when we, when we were having that kind of struggle in the first half against against St Mirren I did think to myself I just really don't want to drop points here and yeah. regardless of the cushion because the narrative will very quickly shift to massive goal difference in nine points to we've we've got two ga games against them we can be beat them both times you know Rangers yeah. fans you just don't as much as that's nonsense right as mm. you know, great dem demonstrable gibberish you would say right? so, <laughs> but you don't want to give them that. You don't want to hand them any kind of confidence boosts or psychological advantages at this stage of the season. Mm. So that's what made me really, I think really they happy. Struggle against Hibs, by the way. They're playing mm. at the same time. They're away. I love it when Road. the games are at the same time mm. and filtering through. I know. So and Hibs have been in decent form recently. Well, I thought that immediately after the cup final. I think I said that on our at the match in their mm. post-match reaction segment of that. I said that this is the kind of thing. Celtic demoralise them in this way could derail their season a little bit they could take the foot off the gas they could be a bunch of sort of ragtag bunch of players who are 
some are out the door, yeah. some are just coming because they don't see. care about the Scottish Cup. Why just win the Scottish Cup? Yeah, something like a game at home against Eric McInnes to get the confidence. <laughs> exactly, back so, up, is there? so we're I, still conceded a yeah, goal yeah. and some chances. So I did think, uh, do you know what? They'll probably come into um, a wee bit of a wee bit of pressure and maybe drop some points in. However, that was a nice a nice wee boost against Kilmarnock. But Hibs Hibs have been playing well, so I think that we'll find out a lot about them as well against Hibs. I reckon. And on that. A big night at Parkhead awaits on Wednesday, a crucial time of the season. We are in spectacular form. If you want to support us and join us, if, in fact, do you know what? See if you're still here listening to this bit <laughs> of the podcast after everything that else has happened. God bless you. Let us know in the comments if you're still listening at this point. And if you've watched this and thought these guys need all the help they can get, <laughs> patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.